Hey there, Matt here. Before we get started, just want to let you know that we will be sprinkling some book knowledge into our podcast. Don't worry, they will not spoil any aspect of the story. They're just more supplementary. However, if you're a person who absolutely hates book reader knowledge in your TV talk, then this podcast probably isn't for you. Also, we're sorry. Anyway, here's the podcast. Hope you enjoy. Dedicated to George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series. We have some feedback here from my nemesis, Patman23. And the HBO Game of Thrones franchises. Patman, I really appreciate the attention. I appreciate that you have become my guardian angel to beat me down every time I make a mistake. Thank you. Love you, Pat. You're listening to Before the Dragon. Don't tell me what to do. Do, 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 do. I have one additional thing to bring up. And uh, I just uh, wanted to ask if uh, you have been listening to any of the kind of behind the scene features that are coming with each episode. Um, I, I do try to watch the inside the episode. I don't typically mm-hmm. watch the 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 longer documentary style kind of thing until uh-huh. like at the end of the week. Uh, but okay. I do try to watch the inside the episode almost immediately. And right. we, heard, we heard a lot of things about, you know, how they were essentially, and I think properly so treating this almost like a second pilot. Right. And, and it's great yes. to have Miguel come in and, uh, and direct this episode again, because he kind of set the tone in, in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, just wanted to point out the fact that I, I just love all this uh, behind the scenes stuff. I, I, the, you know, inside the episode is uh, always informative. There are times that I think that they are. Um, Propagandists. Uh, well, the, the, no, that they kind of put out um, motivation for certain characters that I don't feel like that really. Translated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In a couple instances, there's that. But other than that, I, I really enjoy that. And then I do also enjoy those uh, documentary ones. I think it's Inside the House of Dragon or something like that. Right. And they're about 20 minutes long each right. week. And you get that about the, you know, how the show is created from the people that are, you know, doing, you know, various aspects of it, whether it's, you know, you get the actors and producers, but you also get the people who are creating the sets and the the costumes and so forth. And right. uh, I just, uh, I'm fascinated by all of that. So I just wanted to kind of give a plug for all that, that people, yeah. if they haven't been watching it, they should really check that stuff out. Was there anything this week that stood out to you from that? No, no, I, no, I didn't have anything in particular. I just uh, like it in general enough to say, want to yeah. bring it up. Well, there's a lot of information to be gleaned from there. I think it was either in one of the inside the episodes or maybe it was in one of those kind of documentaries where uh, you first mentioned that, you know, when they decided to costume the crab feeder, that, that it was actually a, a a harpy mask, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. do get a lot of oh, good information from them. Yeah. And then another thing that, that uh, HBO is putting out each episode too, is they'll have that, uh, uh, podcast, uh, the official podcast for the show. And what's been um, interesting about each of those is that they'll have either a prominent actor or one of the showrunners, someone like that on there uh, to interview as part of that podcast. So that's been 
um, another interesting thing to listen to for more of that. Exactly. And you don't even have to go out and, and subscribe to it on iTunes or whatever. Those episodes are available right in the pack, same package where you get the other stuff. Uh, for right. each episode on HBO Max, so I think you yeah. can even get them on the uh, on demand uh, if you're watching it on TV. Uh, I think yeah. they're in the on demand section if you just go to your premiums or whatever and search through it in that way. If you're still, I mean, so few people are actually using cable anymore. I don't know if that applies for anybody anymore, but I I think they're there as well. I know that they are for other series uh, that HBO has done. So, uh huh. Okay. Children, not children of the forest, but children are just crawling all over King's Landing now, crawling all over the Red Keep where there's so many kids and they're even over in Essos. I don't know how to keep track of all of them. There's like there's like 17 children now, 10 years. It's been a very productive time for the Targaryen line, ladies and gentlemen. We need to catch you up on all of these characters. Uh, let's start with, I guess, the eldest out of all of these, and that would be Aegon, who likes to do some exploring um he really uh does uh some exploring that was uh quite uncomfortable for me to watch but nonetheless uh you know i the question that i ask and i love this i got a credit uh at 44 perp l3 which is like at 44 purple uh on twitter but they put this tweet out that showed a picture of tommen at that window and of Aegon at that window and says hasn't this window been through enough <laughs> And I was like thinking, wow, if that is the same room, if that is the same window, then yes, uh, that window has like 200 years of complete misery uh, going on in its lifetime. That's fantastic. Uh, knows what it saw when, when Magor, Magor was ruling, like could have seen even worse. Oh, it could have been. Oh, my. I didn't even want to think about that. Uh, but yes, that window is the window of shame, ladies and gentlemen, the window of shame where people end up committing suicide or end up uh, committing some other side kind of side as they go along for all of the people to see. Now, I, I'm not exactly sure what else there is to say about Aegon is other than the fact that, you know, I distinctly got the impression that this guy was the one who uh, set up the pink dread, uh, that it wasn't Jace and him just going along with it uh, because he was basically, he was kind of directing his brother Aemon to do the thing yeah. and, and to, or at least you know we got to dragon blah 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 and Jace is going along with it I felt like it was the other way around he was tugging Jason and and Lucerus around to uh to set up Aemon uh and then uh flat out denies it to his mom so you know yeah. there's not much in terms of accountability for Aegon right now I did like the fact that uh I mean, what do you do if you're a mother and you walk in on that? I mean, that's just got to be horrifying. Uh, but she, that was not her concern. So I give it up to Allison for for that, for uh, being just, just saying, get get down, get some clothes on, get your life together. We have to be good. We have to get you the, the crown because otherwise you're going to die. And I don't want that. So uh, first impressions of Aegon other than his terrible wig and his terrible tug. So I really wish I didn't know that the actor playing Aegon is David Tennant's son, his, I, I believe, adopted son, but that's his son. And I was always like looking very much forward to seeing old David Tennant Ray's 
little guy gonna play our Aegon and then that was his second scene and I was like oh, I wish I wouldn't have known that information like oh like now I was I didn't want to have to picture that anyway I just thought that was a fun fact um being a Doctor Who fan anyway yeah this goes uh, to show that Eccleston's a better doctor that's oh no okay I like both of them I do Eccleston's my number one no anyway sorry Matt Smith we love you too Aegon, I think, uh, yeah, he, it's fun to see, like, a real teenager acting like a, a real teenager in the Red Keep for once, because Sansa was just, like, way too proper and, like, too good at her courtesies, um, but, and then Joffrey was not really much of a teenager, like, he didn't really have a, I mean, he was young and dumb, but, like, I don't know, I guess he, the women aspect didn't interest him much, or, uh, so, yeah, seeing Aegon, you know, pleasure himself, get it, see him get excited about the, uh, the women that come through in their, uh, their training. And, um, you know, you notice him noticing them and, um, he just, he's just acting like a teenager, which is kind of refreshing. Um, even though he's a little dick, but I mean, what teenage boy isn't. He was just exploring, as I said, uh, sure, sure. I mean, I'm not here to kink shame for anybody. Um, I did feel bad for Allison for just having to like, yeah, brush past all of that thing she saw and worry about her priorities and probably roll her eyes as she left and like, think, oh my God, my son. <laughs> That's my boy. That's my boy who will be king. king. <laughs> Too many blonde boys in that window, man. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of blonde boys in the window. That is yeah. for sure. Some... Oh, that, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was. I was not expecting that. And I'm just like, really. I feel. I kind. I don't. I kind of feel bad for that that little actor because it's like, I mean, that's that's all of you on screen in front of millions of people, and he, I don't know. He's got. I'm clear. He's got to be 18, but I mean, he's still really young, and to be doing that, and then that. I mean. As bold as a bold move for someone that age, I don't think my shame meter is way too high for that. But I don't, I still don't understand the reason why we need to see that. <laughs> well, so that the the prosthetic uh, makeup department can get themselves an Emmy nomination. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, yeah, we get it. He's he's like a teenager. He's he's all horned up. I mean, he's making eyes with the washer women walking through the courtyard afterwards. So we get it. Yeah. But um, I, I it did feel like a tongue in cheek thing by the showrunners to put that in there for all the sex position um, naysayers from the first series. Mm. It's like, like it's definitely a twist and putting it on its ear a little bit yeah but this is no. sex interrupted position we're <laughs> and we're exploiting the men this time so you know yeah more of that yeah that the holly's okay with with that <laughs> and uh you know anybody should be uh if you're okay with the other way around let's be uh right. that way around with damon and and Missaria and and uh uh damon and whoever uh <laughs> or, or or uh this kid uh Although, like you said, I think bet that was uh, that would that would be a real mental challenge, I would think, for any actor uh, when you realize how many people are watching this show now. Well, hey, first, just to talk about the two different groups of children in terms of, 
you know, Rhaenyra's versus Alicent's, it does seem like Rhaenyra's children are uh, a little more well-loved. Uh, it felt like more of a family scenario, even if it was a unusual family. Everybody seemed to be more affectionate and caring from what we saw of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the kids were involved in some pranking and teasing with their uh, uncle cousins, whatever, however you want to uh, yeah. define the situation. But they weren't, you know, they weren't bad boys or anything like that. Whereas, oh, I thought uh, they were mean to Eamon. I hated what they did to Eamon. It almost got him killed. I think I think if anything, Aegon was the instigator of that situation. I agree. I think I think he was the ringleader there, even if he tried to blame it on on uh, Jason Lucerus uh, afterwards. So where I'm saying that uh, uh, Rhaenyra's children seem to be kind of normal, healthy boys, and seem to have a rather healthy, loving relationship with the adults around them. All of uh, Allison's children seem a little bit uh, odd. And as she goes on to talk about, uh, you know, believing in honor and that, you know, <laughs> was honor and decency will prevail. Doesn't seem like she's spending a whole lot of time instilling those values in her children. Yeah, I agree. Um, in fact, I guess the one that she probably has the keenest interest in is Aegon because he is uh, a likely potential heir, or at least right. that's the way I read it. Um, as far, you know, she doesn't want Aemon to go down into the dragon pit and get fried, but she right. doesn't exactly, you know, express that much concern. And even Helena says something like he did it again or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it seems like if she really wanted to instill this honor and decency in the next uh, uh, potential king, as she's looking at him, she would be working on her son to try and do that. And, uh, and to I stay out see... of windows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't see any of that there. You know, it just seemed like she was just stirring up uh, uh, hate and yeah. passing on that generational uh thing that her father had instilled in her and she's going to pass it on to her children yeah agreed uh yeah but uh let's talk about the fight too because he's being kind of especially uh mean at Kristen cole's direction um to is it luke or is it jace i can't remember which one that he he fights he fights jace we're talking about yeah yeah but i mean that was chris and cole what made them do it but yeah he didn't he was relentless um i think chris and cole actually as much as i really dislike this guy a lot now he made a very excellent point about that fight anytime you bear steel it's not necessarily going to be a fair fight but other than that he was a complete jerk to um Rhaenyra's boys and um, I don't understand why Viserys just kind of sat back and let it happen honestly I have a message from my nemesis Patman23 who evidently in response this seems like a a perfectly appropriate place to put this Uh, Patman23 says Matt as Sir Kristen Cole's old town lawyer I'm putting you on notice. You Uh-oh. accused Sir Kristen Cole of starting a fight with Sir Harwin when Sir Harwin attacked Cole. 
I have witnesses who will corroborate that Cole threw no punches. I expect to hear a retraction. Uh, Sir Pato Hightower Spinagle, I will say to you, Mr. Lisa, that I will offer no such retraction. Uh, clearly, Cole said words that incited Sir Breakbones rage. And he did not swing in order to incriminate Sir Harwin that much more. This is why Kristen Cole is, as Holly said, a scoundrel. Scoundrel. I said that. Yeah, she didn't say that, but I, I put those I, words in her mouth just now. Just now, just now. And uh, so you can you can pursue your your slander suit. Um, I'll put it in writing so you can go for libel also. Uh, but I think that you'll find that a jury of my peers will find me completely innocent. And when I countersue you, you will, in fact, suffer. So that being said, uh, let's move on to uh, anything else about these kids. What about Jace uh, having some problems with his own parenting issues? In regards to is Sir Harwood my dad? Also, uh, if he, he, I don't know, he's having. I I feel bad. Why isn't he being taught Valerian? I mean, all of the Valerian uh, traders or the Valerian trainers are just saying something to a translator, and then was that Jace or was that Luke that was trying to train? That, that was person? Jace. I was like, he did say the commands in Valerian, the ones, but he doesn't. It doesn't look like he as of now speaks Valerian fluently like his mother and his uh, great uncle Damon do. But hmm. it's kind of like when, uh, when they, uh, when they train police dogs, they usually use uh, German to teach them. At right. least they do around here where in the parts where I live. So, um, but I actually, I really enjoyed the high Valerian. That guy's accent was so cool and made the language sound really 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 awesome like so it's probably the best valerian speaking like it sounded beautiful weird like i don't know it was it was gorgeous i loved it i was some of the best valerian talking happened that's ever happened across both shows so far yeah it's it sounded real uh, yeah which is, it really uh, did that dude he really made he really did that's what it was he made it sound real linking it back to that to Aegon too i mean my heart breaks for these boys like because it's just like you guys never had a chance like they seem like they actually are pretty like like they're close they're like they at least enjoyed each other's company except Eamon was a little bit on the way out but the um but Jace and Luke and um Aegon I thought I mean they're kids like they're like little preteens and teenagers their family they're having fun I mean Viserys is so happy to see them all in the yard playing with each other you had the moment in the dragon pit. I mean, I, I mean, Vermax. I mean, I'm a huge Vermax fan now. Like, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't expecting, like, just to, you get to see parts of stuff that you didn't get to see, like them tra training with the dragon. And it's like, it's, it's just, it's kind of, it, it's kind of gross and, and like, like almost serial killer like, where he's like getting real excited to see his dragon burn a goat down. <laughs> But you also can understand it's like you're kind of controlling that power and you're like he's into it. And 
like oh but seeing this like the raw power from that dragon going after jace i was like whoa that that was kind of scary but they did listen but clearly the bond isn't there yet not completely but i can't help but compare jace uh being excited about the dracarys moment as uh being in comparison to when you're a kid and you've you've got a little dog for the first time and, and you're starting to play fetch with it and it brings it back and it drops it for you. You know, you don't have to take it out of its mouth or anything. It just comes right up to you and drops it. That's the kind of thing that I got out of Jace uh, in that moment, uh, which I thought was fantastic. But what a, the, lots of kids, lots of dragons. Let's keep going down this kids list. Uh, we have uh, uh, Damon and uh, Lena's uh, two daughters. Now we hear from from Reina that Bela has a dragon, even though we haven't met that dragon. Uh, that's her sister, but uh, Reina still just has an egg. Who Lena tells her will never hatch or may never hatch because only about half of them do. Uh, any impression? How horrific for these two kids, and they're sitting there and they see the place where they see the body of their mother and how destroyed it is um they they gotta be kind of messed up after that uh, and yeah. did damon just leave them there to look or did one of the other ones did one of them leave i can't remember now he he turned his back to the it's i i mean you could just feel like the just the whole the whole family of sorts is just like bereft and just besides themselves like because i i mean it ugh. i like i there's parts of the book version of Lena's story I prefer a little bit than what happened here, but I did think that this was really, really, this was really powerful. It's really good stuff. But no, I, I mean, I don't know what Damon's deal is. I, I really would love to understand what what his problem is, because everybody's like, "I want to love you. I want to love you," and he's just like, "Yeah, but no." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lovable. Yeah, for Bela and Reyna, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I thought Damon was like way more chill and like almost a good dad this episode until Reyna points out that like, oh, she doesn't have a dragon and Damon doesn't pay attention to her. And then I was just like, damn it, Damon! I was, you know, you were about to be like full swing onto the good side, you know. Um, but no, you have to be kind of a jerk to one of your daughters because she didn't have a dragon yet. And that. There is no way that you can put Damon full swing onto the good side after no, his not murder. Never, but like he almost went a full episode without me being oh, mad okay. for something, you know. Okay. Even the way him and, and I, we're still getting off the kids again, but even the way he disagreed with uh, with Lena about entertaining the idea of staying in Pentos, um, I thought he was pretty kind when he handled that and even when they fought like it he's not perfect but like he wasn't i don't know he wasn't the worst either so i i I kind of liked and respect their relationship um i thought it was in some ways pretty sweet um but we're talking about the kids and that was not cool for him to not pay attention to reyna and i hope he does more now that she doesn't have a mom yeah yeah I mean, it's another example that we have another child in that side of the family that, uh, like Eamon, doesn't have a dragon and is feeling some insecurity over that fact. Um, I think that you know her mother was 
trying to be real encouraging to her about it that you know which I guess Allison was too I just thought that the, you know her whole approach and everything was a little bit more aggressive on Allison's side of the family we've got another girl Helena who <laughs> she was a big mm. baby uh she seems like she's a pretty big teen she looks like her legs are longer than allison's at least the way the scene was shot uh but she also likes bugs um so there's nothing creepy about that at all is there john oh i mean well it depends on what you think of bugs i mean clearly helena likes them so i mean she's interested i do definitely she's unique and my impressions from the book was is like she's just super super background whatever just like not a big deal but now i'm very very much intrigued about her and want to want to know her more based on her comment about her brother and the prospect of a dragon for him yeah helena i just felt like uh they were obviously well maybe it wasn't obviously but it seemed to me that they were giving some hints that uh she may be another targaryen dreamer um, and uh, her, she didn't seem to have the best interaction with her mother. When her mother kind of reached out to her, she kind of like pulled away from her. And uh, you know, her fascination with the bugs, rather than maybe interacting with people, she uh, you know, seems a, a little odd that way. And then her comments that she made about her brother when she came in—that you know—seems like there's a little bit of foresight there going on. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. I don't so know how specific we should get her. about that, but I, I would agree for certain. Right, right, right. So it'll just be more interesting to watch her as things go on and uh, see what we uh, get to see about how if they develop that much more. Exactly. I would say bugs are cool and liking bugs is really cool. And I that endeared her to me immediately. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to like, so far, Aegon's kind of a, a tool. Um Amen is we haven't really him yet, but he's pretty sulky. Helena seems super sweet and good and nice and likes bugs. And her mom wasn't was like listening, but not really listening. And that made me mad. Um, and I feel like Helena deserves better. And I I want to look at her bug collection and talk about millipedes with her any day. Excellent. Well, I thought that Allison was actually quizzing her for a, a, a test of some kind or something. That was the way that I took that. But I evidently was wrong. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, okay, here are the questions for the test. I've got to sit here with you and read them to you so you can tell me about them so that, you know, uh, again, I agree with you that she wasn't interested at all. It's just, I had a different reasoning for it. That was all that I was thinking. But bug collecting is really cool. Just going to say that. Excellent. Well, let's talk about Eamon for a second. Uh, he's a picked on kid. I, I don't like the way he was treated in this episode um and granted he probably didn't make the right choice in regards to what he did after being picked on with the pink dread uh but uh yeah I did, I'm, I'm gonna be an Eamon def, Eamon defend defender here and I'm gonna say you know don't, don't don't treat your brother like that especially Aegon don't treat your brother like that that was awful you bad kid and look where it nearly got him killed again evidently so <laughs> uh yeah, this poor kid's got a lot. To, uh, he's got a lot to try to live up to. He's got an older brother who's getting all of the attention. 
uh, from Allison, uh, it seems anyway, simply because uh, he would be a, a potential heir. And uh, he's got these other kids who are the sons of the named heir. So where does he fit in here? Uh, and all he wants is a dragon. Poor kid. Uh, and so That's he it. goes in further into the pit uh, looking for whatever an egg or just to see another dragon or something not a good choice at all i found Eamon to be just kind of solid you know he just kind of a quiet sullen child uh mm -hmm. with the interaction in the the uh yard where they were uh training he would you know hit his cousin in the shoulder you know check him when he went past like that there was was, didn't seem to be any kind of friendly interaction between him and anyone else. Whereas the other three, if the parents weren't uh, egging people on, especially Allison with kind of the, you know, the poison that she's uh, instilling that they're going to kill you. <laughs> uh, it seems like the they would have all kind of gotten along a little bit. Yeah, really sulky kid. Um, honestly, I, I'm kind of with you, Matt. I was I felt bad for him because I remember being that kid at my grandma's with my older brother and my like older cousins. Mm -hmm. And I was like the young, I was like the slightly younger one, and they didn't always want me around. So I felt I felt what he was feeling a little bit in that episode. Um, I can't say that my brother and cousins, I mean, they definitely would pick on me. I don't know. I don't rewatching it, I was like, I don't know if that was the worst crime they could have committed against him i mean they you know i think maybe it's just a really sensitive subject for him the fact that he doesn't have a dragon he seems to be pretty insecure about it and and that sucks um but even otherwise like even when they're out in the yard he just looks mad all the time he looks sulky he looks he looks like he's not having a good time yeah well again i feel like he feel, just feels displaced like he doesn't belong like he's getting overlooked right um on all sides uh john any thoughts about Eamon? getting serious jan vibes from jan Eamon. jan oh. definitely jan. <laughs> marcia 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 Aegon, <laughs> Aegon, Aegon. yes uh yes poor, i like that poor poor Eamon. um but i do find it how it uh between helena Eamon, and Aegon, like allison is like all her chips are into Aegon, like mm. you can tell. And like all the, and, and both of the kids are handling, I think, that a little bit different. And she's telling Aegon how to behave, but she's not necessarily doing what she's telling him to do. Mm. I don't think she's necessarily giving him the attention and nobody's giving him the attention because he's a little bit on the outside, like Holly was saying. Uh, any other thoughts about Overlooked? The other, uh, the second oldest Rhaenyra boy, I call him Overlook. Oh, uh, yeah, we didn't really. Um, yeah, I, mm -mm, I can't I honestly can't even picture uh, his face right now. So it's he pretty picked bad. the egg out. He oh, he did. For, He's for, the one that picked Joffrey. the egg out. Oh, okay, that's sweet. Wearing yeah. my Joffrey shirt for first of <laughs> Joffrey Targaryen, first of his name, first in our hearts. <laughs> oh, Joffrey. Yes, uh, named after the kisserless knight, uh, Joffrey is, and uh, you know, I, I, when, 
Lenora said that attention, uh, she because she was about to say, we haven't thought about it yet. And he just blurts it out because he's been waiting for this for years. He's been wanting to, you know, Lenora's been wanting to name one of the kids after uh, his, uh, the person that died at his wedding for a long time. So I thought that that was uh, an interesting kind of comical moment, but I also thought to myself, you know, Rhaenyra probably really wanted to consult with uh, Sir Harwin before she, you know, she wanted to name it herself, obviously, but she probably, if she was going to consult with anybody, she probably wanted to consult with Harwin over it. I always thought the Targaryens had like a baby book name that they all picked from because there's like clear naming convention for all Targaryens. Like that. That's true. Well, I mean, because I mean, Jacaris for Jace. I mean, and is it? Oh, it's Lucerus. I mean, there's always that. That's like a weird convention, but it definitely follows that convention. And then there's Joffrey. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah. Lenore, uh, definitely threw a wrench into the naming conventions this time around nobody seemed to disapprove though i didn't see any winces from viserys or from alicent or or anybody else just for nira it's the uh, third born so you know yeah just another grandson something to keep the line going and um, maybe have a few more yeah what do we think of viserys's unwillingness to see the truth i think he does see the truth i think he's just trying so hard to keep it quiet i i honestly don't think he cares i think think he's just happy like he's he's got grandkids right yeah that could be it too his reaction to what happened in the yard um and harwin's father's reaction uh lionel's reaction to what was happening in the yard um it seemed like another thing that they were just kind of like, oh, how I wish we could just sweep this one under the rug. Um, but I don't know. As far as Viserys goes with these kids, um, because he has made the decision to make Rhaenyra the heir, I think it's even more important for him to, even if he acknowledges the fact that those are Harwin's kids, that he cannot possibly... Um, you know, let anybody know that he acknowledges that if for nothing else mm-hmm. than to keep Rhaenyra's reign secure. Right. So, um, and maybe he does care, maybe he doesn't, but, uh, either way, uh, we're not going to get a peep out of him about it. At least doesn't seem like it. While we're still on the subject a little bit, um, kind of going back to Joffrey and then also to Harwin um another just more foreshadowing I guess is when when his words to Joffrey baby Joffrey is when we meet again I'll be a stranger and then being like the stranger I don't know it was I feel like some of it is kind of in your face but I thought that was pretty well done oh wink wink yep no that's good I didn't even pick up on that that's a good one does that say dragon count? So have we got seven or eight or yeah, I mean, are we counting the pink dread? Because I think the pink dread should be counted. I love the pink dread. Pink dread. Pink dread is the heart. most beautiful of the dragons to me. Um, very nice feathers on that <laughs> pig. Very nice feathers. <laughs> I just love how chill that pig was in the dragon pit. 
It's like, dude, like there's like so That's many true. things that could eat you right now. <laughs> and he's just like So we've got our dragon count. Uh now we've seen Syrax, Caraxus, Sea Smoke, Melis, or Melis, however you say that. Yeah. Right. And uh we've got Vagar. Mm-hmm. Who else do we have? Were there Vermax. Ver- that's uh that's Jace's dragon, right? Right. Uh, they I mentioned love- they mentioned uh Sunfire. They mentioned Sunfire, but we haven't seen him. Right. Yet. Agen's that's Agen's dragon, right? Right, right. And then there is um there's a dragon that's in further down in the pit that Eamon encounters. Right. I don't I don't know which dragon this is. I've seen a lot of scuttlebutt on the internet that some are saying it's Dreamfire, which would yeah. guess makes sense because uh you know we've been getting eggs from Dreamfire for a while, ever since Damon stole one at least. Right. Yeah, so um she's obviously recognized as a she dragon and she's obviously there and has been riderless. Um, so I think it could be her. I mean, I, that's, I was, that's what I heard other people saying as well. I mean, I couldn't tell because it was so dark, right. you know, people were saying that the, that the, the dragon had the colors that Dreamfire is supposed to have, but I, I mean, I just couldn't tell. I'd have to go back and see if I could get a good, um, look at the kind of the shape of the head and so forth. Cause I could probably tell sea smoke by that you know that one was a little bit distinctive from some of the other ones i just kind of really quickly want to talk about the dragon pit and watching them bring vermax up from below and um and we're this is really the first time we're really getting to see inside the dragon pit which in season eight of game and throws uh game of thrones is out or say season seven i'm sorry season seven is outside the the inside is outside and and that's where Mm -hmm. the hound brings the um the white they brought down so i thought i was just like just seeing them bring an actual dragon i i really still am loving how they are we're getting to see these sets in a different way in the way they were meant to be they used to be i i love that it's a small detail but i thought it was fantastic okay question question for you holly why in the dragon pit we'll get to the dragons why do we have stands nobody's there like do do things happen in the dragon pit do they like kind of i can't remember but i feel like there is a reason but i don't yeah remember maybe that's just yeah why would there be like people there um it seems like a really please don't tell me it's like bullfighting we don't want to do anything like that maybe um I don't know, but I, I mean, I could see like if it's like a new dragon baby or something. That but it's like it's, but you're right. It's built like the fighting pits in Marine in a way where that's what it is. So what is it used for? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, the way I always read it from the books is, is like this is where the dragons are housed. It's like it's weird how they got like this like cavernous area underneath where they bring them out from. I mean, it's super cool and I'm very interested, but I would love to get, it's so funny. I'm actually probably more interested in the training of the dragons in the dra- dragon people that, that mm-hmm. handle the dragons than I am about like um, some of the other politicking and stuff. I want to understand that system because it's so bizarre and so alien. In general, I like the whole sequence and seeing the young dragon and, and, you know, having them talk about, 
uh, you know, once you're fully bonded with the dragon, then it's not going to listen to or take commands from anyone else. Um, so, you know, just getting a little bit more of that lore. Why do they have stands in the dragon pit? Almost like old Coliseum seating. I do know of an event that happens there later on in the story where people are probably going to be taking seats, but um, I don't know why it would be set up that way in the first place. No idea. And that's the other thing. How many dragons can you put in the dragon pit? And why do we have a dragon pit? To me, that seems, that seems like exact opposite what you want to do. You want them roaming around to get big and go get as big as they possibly can. Well, I thought that was, I thought that was the reason why they built the dragon pit because they were terrorizing like humans and the cattle and like the stuff, you know, people's livelihoods basically. So they needed a place to kind of house them. So they didn't, you know, destroy and eat all of King's Landing. Um, yeah, and don't forget that like Vagar was running was running around loose, evidently until uh, Lena was fifteen when she bonded with him. According to this episode, hers way too big. Like she wouldn't fit in there. Yeah, no, she don't belong. Yeah, but and I think- my point is, is that you don't let them get that big to where they don't by keeping them in there because yeah. that was kind of what was going on with Danny's dragons, right? Drogon got away. Drogon yeah. continued to grow. Uh, the other two did not. Uh, right. And look what happened to them. Dedicated to George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series. Of Tyrion just gaping at Drogon as he flies over. As he is, of course, fleeing <laughs> away from Daenerys <laughs> as fast as possible. <clears throat> Sorry, I uh, must have caught your uh, laryngitis your, through, through the through the podcast and the HBO game of Thrones franchises. As I was saying, Drogon was fleeing (laughs) from Daenerys just as fast as possible. But Tyrion got to see Drogon that way. You're listening to before the dragon. Don't tell me what to do. Do, 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 do. And we didn't see if even all of them, they all have to go to lessons, whether they have a dragon or not, because otherwise why is Aemon there? And like, does little baby Lucaris or Luceris, does he have a dragon yet? Like, I wish we would have seen like even a couple more, but I get it. That's fine. I'm happy with what we got. I say uh, we've already got more than twice the amount of dragons that we got in the entirety so, of Game of Thrones. So. so they have they have direwolves to make up for. So they're going to give me all the dragons. No, uh, the it, dragons are evidently easier to animate uh, than direwolves. So this says small council scene. What the hell are we talking about? I don't even know. Okay, I just <sighs> kind of going back. I know we kind of touched on this a little bit. Uh, I just. Hey, I just thought this was a really excellent scene um, with the tension between Alicent and Rhaenyra, Alicent being at the small council meeting and like kind of talking over Viserys, like you can really, it's just another way of showing like how she's really grown into herself and is more of a take charge person and like not going to just be um, rolled over by anybody, um, including her husband. Um, I thought... I thought it also kind of reflected what I mentioned earlier about how the Allison and Rhaenyra have kind of flipped roles where Allison is a little bit more heated on fire, a little bit more um, easily angered where we would see that with Rhaenyra when she was younger. And now Rhaenyra's a little bit more reserved and she's um, talking since when they have that disagreement about the Bracken and the Blackwoods and Rhaenyra comes up with um, a pretty 
reasonable solution and Allison's reaction to that was just like okay whatever and and then even Lionel and both Lionel and Rhaenyra clock it like okay that seemed unnecessary that's your reaction I thought that there were other aspects that were interesting too the uh mention of the ongoing dispute between the Blackwoods and the Brackens and uh again I thought thought that here we have uh Rhaenyra showing that she's taking a little bit more concern again with the nobles and their issues than she had in the past, uh-huh. that she felt that something should be done about that. And that brought up the Tullys. And we got the first mention of uh, one of the uh, Muppet Tullys. We got Elmo mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I was glad to hear that. I was glad that they kept that in. Um, those kind of details from the books, I think that it's been nice to see that they've been really faithful about stuff like that. So, yeah, I like that. Um, I just think that, you know, Radira was showing that, uh, you know, she had some political understanding and, you know, had some things to contribute in that way that she had in the past. Of course, she hadn't been on the council in the past. Mm. Um, so, I appreciate it as the air that she was showing a little bit of that anyway. But my favorite thing about that scene, and I haven't talked about him very much on this podcast, but I want to now because I really like it when he is there. And it's Lord Beesbury. Um, That dude is funny. He always makes me laugh. And, And then this week he is aged with the time jump. He has aged a lot, so much so that he's not really with it. We have moved on to talking about the Stepstones, but he still wants to talk about the Blackwoods having the upper hand. And I think that's great. And the guys next to him's like, no, we've moved on, sir. Like, you're good. I just, I, I like that guy. Um, I think it was, you know, it was just a good opportunity to show again, you know, time's passed. And uh, just like uh, Viserys is uh, really kind of on his last legs now. You have yeah. other members that, uh, you know, I mean, it seemed like, uh, you know, Beesbury was older than Viserys in the first place. So uh, I think it's kind of understandable that he's he's in a situation like that where he's not really able to keep up so much anymore. We also did have um, newer members uh, in the small council, but I don't know who all of them are. We have the maester that was... Um, in the first episode and trying to give different advice than just the leeches. Um, he seems to be Orwell. Thank you. Yes. Maester Orwell. He's, uh, and Viserys is looking like not bad. You know, he's got, he looks old. He looks like more decrepit, but he doesn't look like he's so close to dying. Like he was when we last saw him. And I, I think that's like our Maester Orwell, like keeping him, keeping that's, him alive with his different the, uh, the tinctures as he yeah. called them in the episode. And then there was one other person, and I forgot his name. I think maybe Jasper or something. I, I just couldn't pinpoint who he was, but I'm guessing he's probably the master of laws since Lionel has been the hand, and mm. Lionel was formerly the hand. So that was it. Just got a slightly different small council scene. We still got Tylen Lannister. Um, and then now we have Allison also there hanging out. Allison's running that place. I mean, she's more or less speaking for him, for the king, Uh, and and he's kind of going along with it. So why not take advantage of that? Come on, Allison, have 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 a little bit of a heart for the poor kid who's just trying to learn how to say commands in Valerian. He's a bastard. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. 
like like John Snow over here. Just like me. <laughs> John Snow is the best. We got plans for this boy up on the wall. <laughs> Come join me, Jace. Oh. So you're gonna have to do the entire Seven Hells drawing as John okay. Snow. That's um, fine. So I, I'll, I, it, it's 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 just so bad. I can't because I, I don't even I don't know what I sound like when I do it. But the fact that Holly's laughing tells me it's terrible. <laughs> no, the fact that terrible. she's laughing tells me that it's good because that way uh, <laughs> that's the purpose of the punishment. So, <laughs> it, but the problem is I can't continue it, 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 it forever because I will eventually start laughing myself because Holly's laughing and it's just nobody wants to listen to that. Or maybe they do, and they're just sick and twisted. But that, that, I guess that's what we're here for. That's the core of our audience, sick and twisted, ladies and gentlemen. But, aren't I you? Mean, just love people. We're in the people business here. <laughs> Make the people happy. Yeah. That's right. Snow. So, but no, the proposal, I... I What's crazy is you have you've been given about like thousand choices in this episode. It feels like to like be like, hey, if you pick this, everybody just chill out. We're good. Like, like there's a th- and Rhaenyra looks so good, way better than in the books. Like this proposal is like, like wow, she's literally going to give her like everything. Like let's just be even. I don't want this fight anymore. I just want to be good. It's like it almost felt like I just want to make my dad happy. Like. So I want to make old pops happy before he goes. I can see how he's feeling when he's the grandkid is born. Like he's just like he's just beaming. He's just like he's in pain, but he's happy. He was so happy at that proposal, too. He was like, what a great idea. Let's just do it. This is perfect. Let's go. Oh, it made me. I love I I think you guys are reading it completely wrong. I think this is a act of as much of an act of desperation by Rhaenyra as as it is. Uh, anything else this is to get try to get it's merely to try to get allison to stop the harassment about the the bastards it's it's that's the only reason she could care less after she's gone who's reigned uh except for the fact except for the fact that if she's got her son on there she could tell her son about the prophecy that's the only reason that this works out good for her otherwise no proposal would if if the strongs weren't if the the strong situation wasn't in in the wind and Rhaenyra didn't really fear it, this offer would have never been made. Nobody's gonna fight me back fight no, back with I, me on I, that. No, no, I, I will. I'm just thinking I'm just thinking things through, Matt. I don't want to just jump in there like John Snow and I know nothing. <laughs> but no, the uh the um no i i don't agree with you matt i will say that um i think this is a multifaceted approach i think this is not just uh i think there's certain things she wants to protect her sons she wants she does want to protect herself but she also wants to protect her dad where allison is literally my way or the highway and burn it all down i'm gonna get what i want and i'm putting Aegon on the throne and even Aegon's like dude like i'm cool like i just want to hang out you know hang out my window make fun of my little brother and get just all chill. out the window yeah and just chill like like he's literally he's a westerosi like chad um just just trying to you know ha- have chill vibes but the uh, but no, I I think Rhaenyra, she, I don't disagree with you, Matt. I do feel like she she's trying to save. Now something. wait a minute, John. You just just, but, just hold but, on right there. 
you said you disagreed with me. I but disagree, now you but disagree. I also I I can understand your perspective. It's I don't agree with you wholeheartedly. I think there's okay. a part of what you're saying isn't. It's an aspect of it, but I think there's multiple kind of like sides to this. My thing is, is that if there were multiple sides to this, why did it take this time around for her to come up with it? Because Rhaenyra is smarter than that. I think now they're just like at a good age for it too. You know, like just just is and Helena are both like getting their, you know, you can tell they're older kids. They're like uh, approaching puberty, if not already. So I think it's just the time to put that out there. I know sometimes they talk about this when they're way younger. Maybe she just wanted to see how things would go for like the first 10 years and start a happy family and then things are turning south and yeah. Three little words Oh, what I'd give for that wonderful phrase To hear those three little words This is the part of the episode where you try to describe the episode in three words. We love it when you try to describe the episode in three words because the more of yours that we have to read then the fewer that we have to spend time coming up with our own so that the segment is worth the song that I'm paying for to do it. So, uh, in other words, we're going to talk for a few minutes about three words. We're trying to describe the episode in three words. I did not give mine in the initial reaction, so I will give mine now. Fires of hell, uh, because lots of fire in this episode, and everybody is in hell, as far as I can tell. Uh, Not just in the absence of or in the instance of fire but everything's going on so those were my three words holly what were your three words it's funny because we were talking about this topic not long ago and we danced around it uh and no one said it and i'm really glad it is a famous famous quote from a game of thrones and the first book and the first season uh but i'm gonna apply it here my three words are seed is strong but this time, that S in strong is capitalized. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yes, I like it. But, you know, when you look at uh, when you look at Robert's lineage in that book, as Ned did. Yep. Black affair, black affair, black affair, black affair. You can only imagine that the Strongs have that as well. And uh, he's been productive. You know, you, you got to say Harwin, uh, Harwin did his duty. Right? Yeah, he did. absolutely. He- he did some duty. John, how about your three words? Dohiris, Vermax, Dracaris. All right. I love it. We have some submissions via Twitter. I will read one. John will read one. Holly will read one. The first one is from Jenny, who actually usually emails us, but this is at Mariposa22473. Uh, Aegon, the exhibitionist. Excellent. Love it, Denny. Uh, what does Denise have, John? <clears throat> you mean John Snow? John Snow? Denise, Denise says, my three-word reaction. Provoking, heartbreaking, and inevitable. All right, kid. Uh, <laughs> Holly, uh, what does our friend Heath, at Heath, Ather, uh, Heath Actor on Twitter say? Hello, Heath at Heath Actor uh, says, too much birth. Um, yeah. There was, there was a, a lot, lot of birth. birth. There was a lot of birth. A lot. 
a lot of birth, a lot of birth uh, after birth on the floor too. Pre-birth, um, after birth, all the births. All the births. Uh, by email, Samantha says three words: significant others die. Refers to both Damon's wife and Rhaenyra's side partner, both dying in this episode, possibly the same day. Whoa. I didn't mm-hmm. even think about that being on the same day, but we, you know, that's that's the way these things happen. You know, everything happens in threes. So who's the th- mm-hmm. going to be the third? Ooh, Watch nice. out, Viserys. Watch out, Viserys. Ooh. So we've got uh, this tweet from uh, Troy. He is at uh, T Sintazo. Uh, I believe he's related to Heath Actor uh, because he replied to his tweet. Thank you, Troy, for tweeting in. Uh, his three words were this bleeping guy, effing guy. I think I can say that on a, on a kid-friendly podcast. Uh, and then he's got a picture of uh, likely Lord Larry Strong attached with it. So good three words there. Uh, another three words from Nightwolf Nim, who regularly contributes on YouTube with comments. Folks, search for Before the Dragon podcast on youtube and subscribe we'd really appreciate it leave comments we we really want to hear from you however you get our content uh but nightwolf nim says decade of pettiness i'm starting to feel like a flip-flopper but i hated allison this episode i had empathy empathy for the younger one but scenes with her and Kristen fueling each other's hate really soured me Kristen especially is the biggest petty betty I've never heard that term before. I love it. Petty Betty. Uh, at least Allison is motivated by her kids. And uh, Kristen is just a scorned lover that can't get over anything being rejected by a teenager. He's a pathetic excuse of a man. There you go, Patman23. You heard it from Nightwolf and him as well. Everybody agrees with me. Nobody agrees with you. Uh, get out of town with as your official Old Town Lawyer of Kristen Cole. Let's wrap this segment up with Susan's three words. What were your three words, Susan? Quick comment on that last one, though. Um, you know, talking about you know flip flopping on on Allison. Um, is that before the show started? I remember listening to some interviews with the showrunners or somebody talking about the fact that uh, because these are mostly great characters, that we're probably going to love and hate most of the characters at some point in time over their arc of the show. So. I think that, uh, you know, they're obviously being successful there. Yep. Evidently, they've done their job. What are your three words? My three words are, when pigs fly. Oh! I used it for the idea of the, with the, the pig's dread, but also the fact yeah, that yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Al- yeah, Allison yeah, yeah. is kind of like, yeah, I'll bury my daughter to, to her son when pigs fly. You know, t- you know just kind of that whole attitude that's kind of going on. Oh, yeah. Excellent. I love it. I love it. I love it. Brothel Maids of the Week is next. Tell it half so clearly. Three little words. Eight little letters. Simply mean I love you. Extraordinary E is even 
that anyone that you adore can love is all that I can give. My mouth is not full this time around, so I can tell you without Holly having to explain on my behalf that the Prothlamates of the Week is the best coupling of the episode. That doesn't have to be two people. You don't have to say, uh, I mean, there's lots of ways that you can construe uh some with a, just one person in this particular episode but uh it can be a person in an object it can be a person in a concept or a theme or two themes or two objects or yada yada you get the idea so come armed with one best coupling holly you came armed with one best coupling what was it um my problem mates of the week are Aegon's window and locks <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that's an poor, estranged couple. For the all the poor people that work outside uh, on the on the ground in King's Landing or at the Red Keep, um, who don't need to carry umbrellas anymore, hopefully. It, but look at it this way: just like this podcast, it's a free show. <laughs> <laughs> John, what was your uh, brothel mates for this week? Oh, I have to go with Amond and the Pink Dread. <laughs> i'm sorry i need a moment uh that, because that one uh hit me about a second after i started laughing and then it really hit me <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna be the only one who uh stays away from that theme i suppose okay. in this particular podcast and i'm gonna go larry's and the queen's wishes because he's a loving to, to carry out the queen's wishes uh, so much. Uh, think of all the things that he gained from this. He gains Heron Hall. He's got her in his little uh, in his little pocket now uh, because he's he's actually convinced her that he can blackmail her with it, which is fantastic. Via email, Samantha once again sends in a brothelmates. Kristen Cole and pettiness. We haven't talked a lot about Kristen Cole in this particular episode, so this is good. He's still not over the fact that Rhaenyra didn't want to marry him, says Samantha. This was 10 years ago, and he's acting out like a little uh, B-word was what she actually used, so I can actually say that, but I just wanted to make sure that I said it the proper way before I said that. Um, yeah, Kristen Cole is a clown. Absolutely. That yes, Samantha is absolutely right. Another one in from Twitter here, the Imagination Realm, which is at T R R underscore tweet, Damon and Lena. Um, perhaps if we'd have gotten a little more of that scene that you mentioned, Susan, uh, with Damon and the kids after everything happened, we would have uh, brothelmated that even more, uh, simply because of the coupling there. Uh, and on YouTube, once again, Nightwolf Nim, that's her friend Nicole, says Lena and Vagar, which I really like that one. Lena choosing to die by Dragonfire had me emotional, and I feel cheated that we didn't get more of them together. That's one yeah. major downfall of the time jumps, which I think, Susan, you also kind of uh, pointed out how the, you understand why we're doing it, but it also feels like it cheats us of some uh, good characters in a way. Right. Uh, what were your brothel mates for this week, Susan? Uh, my brothel mates are Allison and Righteous Indignation. Ooh, yes. Um, I think that there's hypocrisy showing through, too, because as she talks to Kristen Cole about honor and decency, 
her behavior in a lot of ways in terms of like I said the way she's acting with her kids or some of these other things is not really showing a whole lot of honor and decency in my opinion I agree there it's time as a lot of self-righteous people do (laughs) as a lot of self-righteous people do I'm one of them and that's why I put everybody through seven hells every week it's the game that everybody hates Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. For me and you. For me and you. For me and you. For one time only, ladies and gentlemen, one time only, there are three additional buys on the wheel. I did not remove Lionel. I did not remove Harwin. I did not remove Lena. So if you get any of these characters, this means to my fellow panelists that it's like getting a buy. It's not likely that their ghost is going to come back and curse or say a dragon's name. Your best bet would be Lena, if that happens at all. But uh, nonetheless, it feels like that we have escaped those three. So if you get any of those names, I'd take them. I'd just, I'd just take them. Uh, here we go. Holly will go first. Your number is 38. 38 is Captain Randall Barrett. What the hell is that? I don't know, but I'll take him. Holly's taking Captain (laughs) Randall Barrett. Just so I can find out who he is. Uh, Anytime they've got a name Captain by him, if they're going to show up in the episode, it always worries me. Let's go to your next number. Your next number is number seven. Seven is King Viserys Targaryen. Oh, okay. Gonna take it. Holly wants to yes. leave the podcast, and so she's making this game go quickly. John, <laughs> John Snip, are you ready to draw a name for you? Indeed. Close enough. <laughs> 22 is your number. Laris Strong, <laughs> the survivor of the crew. I say nah. Nah? Sneh says nah says nah. Generate another number then. 24. 24 is Lionel Strong. You're stuck with a bye. Way to go, John. Sneh. I say yeah. (laughs) I I said yeah. Larry Strong. Nah, nah, just. (laughs) All right. Uh, Here we go. You're drawing now for your second draw, correct? Yes. 35. 35 is Reyna Targaryen. John Snut? Uh, yeah. John Snut yeah. is taking Reyna? Yeah. John is... Wait, I thought he already threw one back, so he would have to... Or, or we get no, to we're doing two draws. You got uh, two okay, names. Okay, he okay. Got two I didn't games. know if we had one veto for all the draws or not. 
No. So, okay. I mean, I don't think Rain is going to freak out and say something now, else because they're Here's the thing. Kelly is not he with us. wants a dragon. Kelly is not with us. She has selected John as her champion. She has placed her feet mm-hmm. on his lance. All right. We will select for Kelly. Okay. 13. 13 is Prince Damon Targaryen. No, oh, throw it back. Throwing it back. Throwing it back. She will have to take this one as her first name. 18. 18 is Uh-oh. Sir Harwin Breakbone Strong. Kelly escapes one <laughs> You're draw. You're welcome, Kelly. For sure. Sir Harwin. We, John, you did good for her there. Second draw for Kelly. Number six is the first number. Number six is a Targaryen retainer. She'll take that one. Kelly's had a Targaryen retainer a couple of times, I think, now. All right. My she knows of an army Targaryen. of Targaryen retainers to take Tar- us out. She's the Targaryen retainer herself. My the, number... The captain of the retainers. ...is next. Now, do you I, put this in the podcast, Matt? What's that? This drawing? Yep. Oh, man. 33. 33 is my first number. Bela. Well, we've at least met her. Doesn't seem like... I don't know. I don't know what kind of girl she's going to grow up to be. I'll try again. She 18. Has a 18 is... Already taken by Kelly. 23. 23 is Lord Lyman Beesbury. Oh, You should take him, I was going to say. I, well, I don't have a choice. He I'll trade you. Draw. I'll, I'll trade Lyman Beesbury. Uh, 18, again, it's already taken. Six. Six is already taken by Kelly. Numbers, number generators being five. Five is a high priest uncredited. This is my first draw on my second name. I don't want that. 11. 11 is instant death. (laughs) Sorry, Matt. Uh, Yes, Matt is automatically punished. I will select... I'm going to go ahead and select my punishment now so people know what I will be playing next week. I am going to select I'm Cersei Lannister podcaster. I am going to dress... It's going to be the visual one. I'm going to dress up as Cersei Lannister uh, for next week's panel podcast. That's yes. what I will select. Uh, wherever the heck it is. I know it's around here somewhere. Uh, so I'm Cersei Lant. That's the audio one. The video one. I have selected as my punishment next week. John, you also have to select a new punishment. For next uh, week? For, for next week because you're filling this one. Okay. Uh, so we need to know that before the end of this podcast. Which I think I have select. a wig I can wear. And that's about it. I'm not not doing it. You don't have to dress up as anything, but you you can select one of those punishments. Okay. And let us know. Can okay. you see them? Well, I will peruse the punishments here. You have to peruse oh. the punishments before the end of this podcast. I'm gonna go with Holly is always right. Holly Yay. is always right. I like so this. 
you this punishment is that you must exhibit either completely agreeing with everything that holly says <laughs> holly be sure to check be sure to say some pretty outrageous things next I, week i'm doing so that. that john has to agree with them or uh you can simply write a two to four hundred word essay and read it on the podcast stating how right holly is wow. about everything it's your choice specific. Oh, I'm, I'm just, I got to coordinate my schedule with Holly next week and make sure I'm on so I can agree with her for everything. Well, you, you either have to do that or you can, you can again, go with the, with the statement of agreement, the general statement of agreement, one way or the other. And uh, we also have to draw for Stephanie. Holly, you're going to be the governor for Stephanie this week. All right. All right. So Stephanie has number 20. Number 20 is Grand Maester Melos. I don't think oh, he's around you're on anymore. 108. Yeah. You're on 108, man. You want wait. to go 107? Oh, yeah. You're on oh, the wrong wait. One. I am on the wrong one. Oh, what was My the bad. number again? Or I forgot. Number 20 is Grand Maester Melos. Yeah. 107. Okay. I feel like it's probably a safe bet. Whether he's around or not, even if he is around, I don't think he's gonna curse. So I will say yes. Okay. One more draw for Stephanie. Well, one more name for Stephanie. 36. 36 is taken. 23. 23 is taken. Number nope. six okay. is taken. State's taken. Also Number taken. Eight, 18 is taken. Stephanie, crying out loud. Me. Number seven. Taken. Number seven is taken. taken. <laughs> Number 23 taken. is taken. Random number generator is broken. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Hey, 28. 28 is open. Jane. We didn't get Lady Jane in an episode yet. No. About her. No, I really thought we were going to like this week too, because I thought Damon was going to go try to claim some Vale lands. He could, he could next episode though. Now that Lady I know, but he waited. Uh, I just find it weird that he didn't do it before. Um. <laughs> um. Take it under, throwing it back. I'm going to keep it because A, it, we're going to be here all night trying to get the number generator to land on another number. Mm -hmm. And B, we may not see her next week. So I'm trying to help you out, Steph. I hope it worked. Susan, are you ready for your first draw? Sure. All right. Number five. Number five is a high priest uncredited, which means they won't <laughs> be speaking at all. I can choose that one. You can choose that one. It's your number. Or you sure. can it back. All right. Here is... It seems pretty safe. Easy, <laughs> safe one for Susan. Now, you've got to draw again. So uh -huh. okay. here's your second draw. Number seven. Number seven is taken. That was King Viserys Targaryen. Uh, Holly had to take that one. So let's try again. Okay. Number 10. Number 10 is an instant buy, Susan. You did very well this week. Wow. Okay. You got somebody who is uncredited, and you got you don't even you know you can't even throw that back. You're so that one you're automatically safe from, and then you've got the high priest, uncredited. Okay. 
So you are in good shape there. Well done. Great. Okay. I'm happy. <laughs> I can't imagine why. Don't you want to be punished again? Don't you want to try another patch face or something like that? I'll be happy to, I mean, uh, if I have to. <laughs> if you have to. I don't think I you're going to have to this week, that's for sure. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like it. Nightwolf Nim gave us a comment on YouTube. Fantastic episode. I was worried about the transition to the new actors, but everyone was so wonderfully cast. They truly feel like older, hardened versions of the characters we've come to know. Laris has made the list with Kristen as a despicable character. I haven't hated two characters so much since Viserys the Beggar King and Joffrey. Justice for the two good strongs, Poor King Viserys has had bad luck with losing hands. Literally limbs and men. <laughs> that is a great point, Nicole Nightwolf Nim. Thank you so much for leaving your comments on the initial reaction podcast from this week. Albert Godlesky. Uh Godless Key is how a Godless Key is how he says it on Twitter. Sent this out to a whole bunch of podcasts. Uh, but I think he intended for all of us to read them. We'll see. I know the Joffrey podcast already read this one uh, by going to at double PHQ, but uh, Albert said something pretty interesting. He said, man, this ep of House of the Dragon has got me like, I don't know all the emotions. I smiled. I felt sad, got mad, cringed. I'm so glad there's a week in between because I need time to process. Shouts to History of Westeros. Before the Dragon Podcast, Podcast Winterfell, and the Joffrey Podcast for helping me do that. Thank you, it's, Albert, for your thoughts. I think that uh, I didn't feel it quite that way as you did, but I think that it also is quite, pretty understandable why you would feel uh, that way. I, I don't know. I guess the thing, the one thing that made me sad was Lena, because I didn't really ever invest in the Strongs. Um, I was shocked by everything that uh, happened with the Strongs. Um, and what made me smile? Did anything make me smile in this episode, John? I don't know. I mean, Vermax should have made you smile, but you don't like things that are wonderful in the world, so maybe not. <laughs> I'm sorry, you didn't smile at Lord Beesbury and at the small council for being not on the same page as everybody else they made oh, me right. smile. maybe maybe i did maybe i did smile then but i i rarely smile except when my uh podcast co-hosts i know what made me cringe i mean there's no questioning what made me cringe in this particular episode i mean lord laris had one hell of an eye roll that you could hear through the speakers i don't, I don't know if you, that should have made you smile if you didn't smile when you saw vagar either like well i know you just said that john but like still like yeah. it's vagar, okay? that didn't, it vagar. Didn't no smile. but the first time she was flying on on vagar you, that if that didn't make you smile then she I, made yeah I'm, I'm just, fly through the fireball i'm just evil and not human that's all there is because i just looked at that and said oh dragons oh look a trick 
I went, oh my God, it's Vagar, the oldest dragon that we know of right now. This dragon conquered Westeros hundreds of years ago or a hundred years ago. This is so freaking cool. That's where my, that's what I was thinking. I don't know what's wrong with you. Nobody knows what's wrong with me. That's why we need you to tweet into at the letter B, the number four, the dragon pod on Twitter. You also can send emails to Matt's audio blog at gmail.com. That's M-A-T-T-S audio blog at gmail.com. You can leave comments on the website posts, Matt's audio blog.com, M-A-T-T-S audio blog.com. Search for our YouTube by searching for before the dragon podcast there and like and comment on our videos there we always want your feedback we want your three words we want your brothel mates we want your general thoughts like albert sent in thank you very much albert for those thoughts also uh we just want you to tell us what you thought about the episode in general and tell us what you think about us in general be nice to my panelists do not be mean to my panelists i'm open game i'm fair game I love it when people bash me. It just gives me a chance to play the pooping on the podcast bumper. But uh, otherwise, be nice to my guests. They're they're nice to you. They tell you actual real thoughts. Speaking of which, Susan, any final thoughts about the episode? It was uh, great. I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to next week. Excellent. Holly, how about a closing thought for the episode? Are, are people not nice to us, Matt? <laughs> I'm just giving a warning. That's (laughs) that's all. I'm just giving a warning. Uh, Okay. Y'all could be kind of not nice to me. If I say something wrong, you can please feel free to correct me. Um, I say wrong things every time. And then I hate myself after and I'm filled with much self-loathing. But anyway, what the hell does that have to do with this episode? You're fired. This was my favorite episode. I gave it a nine, Matt. Yay! Holly's always right. Something that you said two hours ago. (laughs) Something that you said two hours ago. Fired again. John, final thoughts. Holly's always right. He's getting a head start on that punishment right now. Holly is always right. I want 200 to 400 words from you next week. John (laughs) Snuff. Say goodbye in in John Snuff. I know nothing. Have a good night. If you notice that he said Holly is always right and then said I know nothing. I mean, he's not wrong. So, well, I said Holly's always right. Jon Snow says, I know nothing. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, that's it. Bye. (laughs) Bastard. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) We need this dragon glass, my lords. (laughs) (laughs) It's too bad the pensive look doesn't like come across on on an audio format.